Hey there, my name is Carrie Sieber. I am a structural engineer with Vector Collaborative and also your host of The Unboxing Project. I am so glad that you're here joining us for season number two at Keep Coming Back. have Hope Trory. She is the social media guru for Share Adventure Group, who is actually my uh, social media <laughs> um, help professional, I guess. So Hope and I actually meet this way um, every other week. <laughs> Only usually the tables are switched and <laughs> you're talking about my business stuff. And now we get to talk about you. She went to architectural school uh, at Cornell in New York, uh, got a degree in architecture, practiced architecture for a few years, and then started her own firm, Works Design, um, where she helps people with website design and then also with social media. She saw a real need in the industry, uh, in her architectural endeavors where people were uh, missing the social media side of things. So she started that. And then she also, so she still does that. And she also is the social media guru for Share Adventure Group. Uh, she is located in Queens, New York, and uh, pretty much does work all over the U.S. at least, I think, right? Yep. So, all right. Well, hey, thanks for joining today, Hope. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me. <laughs> I don't know if you want to maybe get started a little bit with your backstory and kind of where you grew up and what led you to where you're at today. Sure. Um, so I, well, it all starts in Detroit. I'm from Detroit, Michigan, originally. And um, I had always wanted to be an architect since I was a very small child. Um, the idea was planted in my head, though by um, an uncle uh, who saw me drawing and, and asked me if I was gonna grow up to be an architect. And I was like, what's that? <laughs> and, uh, and he was like, oh, well, you know, it's, it's someone that gets paid to make those, those drawings. You know, they draw up houses and, and they get built and people live in them. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna be an architect. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, I did all the other stuff like little architects to be do, you know, play with Legos and Lincoln logs and, you know, all of, all of the toys, all of the things. And uh, as I got older, I would learn more about architecture. I um, would read all I can about architects and dream in my head about all the wonderful buildings I was going to design when I became older. Um, went to architecture school and you know had a great time <laughs> didn't sleep much but <laughs> um and yeah it was all great i was i was on that path and then uh was working as well like so i actually started working for a firm an architecture firm in detroit uh while i was still in school so basically on almost all of my school breaks i would go back to detroit and they had a desk for me and I would be working and I wasn't like running coffee like I was an intern a paid intern but <laughs> um I was actually doing work like they had me doing design work which was awesome and a great uh learning experience um because I could compare what it was like in a real like office a real studio versus my school studio and um that was a really yeah I I am forever indebted to that firm for that experience so early 
in my career. But uh, I, so I started working as an architect and then Great Recession happened, projects dried up, installed and all of that, you know, and um, I had to make a choice. So it was like, okay, what am I gonna do? Because I need to support myself somehow. And all along, I had been doing web design, graphic design, had started dabbling into marketing as a hobby. Cause I, yeah, I don't know. I think it's fun, but. <laughs> <laughs> so I was kind of already, already on that path. It just, I wasn't thinking about it as a career. And I realized that despite the recession, people really wanted me and were asking for and demanding that type of work. So I figured, okay, well, until things kind of shake out in architecture and, and, and things get more stable, I'll do this, you know, just to have some money coming in and then go back to architecture. Uh, I'm still waiting for that going back to architecture part. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> so um, I decided that I really loved uh, marketing and, you know, decided to lean into that and also realized um, <laughs> that there was this huge gap in the industry and in the building industry for um, business knowledge, especially for marketing. Um, mm -hmm. Not only was marketing changing um, from traditional marketing to digital marketing, but the architecture industry especially was well behind the times. So um, I decided to focus on helping, you know, architects and other firms in the building industry, because one, there's a need there. And two, you know, if I felt like if I was going to not go back to practicing architecture, um, what I should do is, you know, do my best to make sure many, as many architects as possible are successful. So that's, that's my goal. That's my mission. <laughs> I love that. And so like, as you're talking hope, it, what it reminds me of. So like I went to school about 20 years ago and we had a class that was called technical writing where we learned how to write as engineers. Cause like, we're not traditionally known for our writing skills. We're known for our math skills. So like a way to teach us to be well-rounded. And I see you as like the new age, like technical writer for social media for architects, right? Like it's, it's really a very valuable service because you have that background, you have that technical background. So, you know, when you're doing the social media posts, you know what the target audience is, you know what the background of the firm that you're writing about is, and you're able to put that together so well and target it appropriately. And it's a very well-written and um, technically competent post that you put out. It's not like, you know, like you have yeah. that background. And I think that is so important and so valuable to your clients too. So I mean, it does help a lot because when when I'm discussing a project and thinking about okay, <clears throat> how best to use social media to promote the project or to promote you know the firm's brand, I can look at whether it's you know a, a photo of the finished work a detail shot, a set of plans, I know what I'm looking at mm -hmm. and I know the language. So sometimes you need to, sometimes my job is, is translating, translating from my client to their market or their audience. Because mm -hmm. if you use a lot of industry specific language, 
depending on who you're trying to attract as your as as their prospects as their clients there will be a disconnect because their audience doesn't speak that language mm -hmm. so since i speak both <laughs> I, I just kind of translate that into something that makes sense to like the layperson um if that's who they're targeting and even when it's a fellow person in the industry um you know different professionals approach projects and who they choose to work with differently mm -hmm. so whether that's you know communicating between engineers and architects or contractors and architects you know there's a whole gamut and um it really helps to not have to ask basic questions <laughs> about what my clients do because i already know <laughs> So it does help. Um, and also, I feel that maybe there's a sense of um, assuredness or comfort because I come from the same industry as my clients, mm -hmm. that maybe there's that natural, you know, um, affinity, like, and trust that, like, I know what I'm talking about because mm -hmm. I've had that prior experience. Um, and I lean on, I mean, my, all of my pre past um, work experience as an architect and uh, school experience, you know, as an architecture student has come in handy. Like I still use everything I've learned. I still use it. It's just, I'm not designing buildings anymore, right. um, but I still use everything I've learned every day. So. Mm -hmm. Well, and I can't help but think like your interactions that you had with your clients when you were practicing architecture, like those are still your same clients that you're targeting. You're just targeting them in a different manner and at a different mm -hmm. stage of the game. So at the very beginning, instead of a deliverable at the end. Yep. And so to understand that client is huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a different way of reaching out to the same pool of people. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know, like I find it just as fulfilling um, as I did when I was creating, you know, <laughs> design drawings. <laughs> so, yeah. So if you could, like, what would be one thing that you wish every architectural firm would know about social media or do better? What is one area for them to improve or um, words mm -hmm. of wisdom, I guess, in social media for architectural clients? Um, ooh, that's hard. <laughs> one thing, I guess that there is, there is value in social media because there's there's quite a few people um my clients whether they're current clients or old clients or even people i just know like they're not my client but like i know them and they're in industry question the value of social media um and digital marketing in general but i feel like we're at a point now with technology that you have to kind of trust that there's value like i can definitely argue the point and, and prove it to you but um you definitely should be if you're not already taking advantage of social media or trying to start to begin a strategy that involves um social media marketing then you are missing out on work mm -hmm. it's just i mean like it, you don't need to be everywhere doing everything on all the platforms that's not what i'm saying mm -hmm. um often it's really one or two social media platforms that are really going to um, be worth your while. 
but the value is there. And if you are not doing any of it, you are missing out on, on projects. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, and it's so like, it's so different, right? So like 20 years ago, like you'd take out an ad in the newspaper mm -hmm. or, you know, you'd run an ad on TV or, you know, whatever you would do and you would pay for the advertising. Now, like the advertising part of it for the most part is free. You, but it's, like I have found it's super important and necessary to hire someone to implement that advertising through social yeah. media. It's so much more complicated than. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's more, it's, it's more than just taking out like an ad in a publication these days. And, and yeah, I mean, like if you have a natural affinity for that stuff, you have a natural interest, then you can learn you know, take the time to learn all the ins and outs and do things yourself. But for the most part, it's not the best use of your time as a firm owner. <laughs> so <laughs> like definitely getting some help or at least setting up a system where most of it as much as possible is automated to help. But, um, but you don't want to disregard it. You, you don't want to say like, oh, I'm just too busy. So I'm not going to do it. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> hire someone or at the very least, hire someone to set up a system for you that you can easily follow yourself without taking too much of your time or hire someone just to take it off your plate completely and do it for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like 20 years ago, people were still sending things via fax. Like, mm -hmm. I, <laughs> like when I was even less than that, actually, because when I was still working at a firm, we would get fax advertising and it was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> do people actually pay attention to this thing coming through like right. unsolicited from a fax machine no kidding and how many people <laughs> are they sending it to <laughs> yeah I also think so like with social media like it's like so your job it's something that's complicated and very strategic but the deliverable is meant to be effortless and mm -hmm. simple um and it's not like <laughs> it's not as simple as it looks <laughs> yeah I mean it, it's <laughs> it can be very like <laughs> it can be very um I guess uh what's the word I'm, I'm looking for here um not it's not really like an illusion exactly but you might come up with an end product which is you know a few social posts and maybe, you know, there are just a few lines of text and some hashtags along with a photo, but a lot of effort actually went in to making sure you're choosing the right photo, making sure you're using the right language, making sure you're using the right hashtags for that particular post, mm -hmm. let alone all the other ones that were created. So yeah, you don't see all of the work that goes into it. But there's quite a lot. And I think you do see it. Like if you try it yourself, if you like if you um if you're given a list, like a step-by-step -step instructions, like this is how you do it. And not like this is how to post, but this is how to create like an ideal post, and this is all the things that go into it. You will look at that and be like, oh, okay, do I have time to do all of this? Like it can <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 surprisingly especially the especially the posts that come across as like really pithy and like you know maybe a little um a little cheeky actually a lot of thought 
lot of thoughts went into that. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, okay, um, I just spent how long on a post that is like a line of text, but it's the right <laughs> line of text. I mean, that, that's the reason why, yeah. But also it's like, you know, uh, knowing your audience mm-hmm. and knowing what your audience um, appreciates and, and um, what will, you know, what will attract their attention, what, um, what types of content and how that content's delivered will um, garner their engagement with your post because that's really what you want your main goal on mm-hmm. social media you're not you're not posting on social media because you're gonna get a project directly from a post like that doesn't happen well so actually I have seen that happen really that's very very rare <laughs> you can't aim for that because that rarely rarely happens um very special circumstances where I yeah I saw that happen um and it was for a residential architect which out of all the different types of engineering and architecture firms will be most likely to happen but it was still kind of like is this real like mm-hmm. someone really like engaged on an Instagram post and then emailed and it was a legit <laughs> like <laughs> prospect that wanted to work and had a real project and were ready to go I mean and it wasn't just random like it turns out that, that person had been very involved in following that brand for a while so okay. but still like that's not the goal the goal um is to garner that that engagement because it's that engagement is what um it kind of works in the place of paid advertising because mm-hmm. it gets your content in front of more people without you having to do anything and um uh it begets more engagement so if you are um putting out content that is really resonating with your audience you know they're going to engage even more with more and more of your content and encourage others too because more people will see it because the algorithms will say hey this is a really great piece of content like Mm -hmm. people really love this post let's show it to more people yeah um so that's that's more your goal you just want to get more eyeballs on it and Mm -hmm. you want people to engage with you it's Mm -hmm. it's social it's people should be having some type of interaction so Mm -hmm. even if it's just a like um you want to get people interacting with your content because the idea is that not only do you grow your audience but the people that are really big fans of your work and of your company will either uh eventually become clients or become great referral sources mm-hmm. or have a network like your ideal clients is within their network. So, you know, you, you just want to, it's another way to um, organically build relationships. Mm-hmm. And as you're talking, Hope, like to me, it seems like it's like the new age, like storefront, because like, especially with COVID, like no one's like you, you, you know, like the old school way, like a small town old school way would be you drive by the same place all the time. So you see them there. So they're mm-hmm. in your, like in your memory or whatever is this company does this, that insurance company, I see it on the corner, I see their logo. So now I know them because I drive by them every day. Well, it's the same thing. It's the same concept, except for it's moved to social media where it's like, okay, I see this 
structural engineering firm or I see this architectural firm all the time on social media. So now I know like if I need this type of work, oh yeah, so-and-so does this kind of work mm -hmm. and here you go. It's almost like a new age, like storefront. It's yeah, a it's a storefront slash like networking party mm -hmm. um, because exactly that you're just building that casual awareness, um, mm -hmm. brand awareness and um, you know, one funny thing about uh, referrals right now is that a lot for a lot of firms, um, they're getting more referrals that are indirect referrals um, versus a direct referral because, you know, some maybe a past client referred them or a friend to the firm referred them. With social media, anyone in your audience can refer you. And the thing is, you won't even know because they will be singing your praises to their network. And then someone from their network reaches out, but you have no idea that this person found you because someone that they're friends with talked you up, you know, so much that they were like, oh, this is obviously the person <laughs> I should talk to. Like, this is the firm that I need. And, you know, but that's what it can do for you. It's that storefront that you drive by all the time and you get familiar and then you stop in maybe one day and it's like, oh, hello. And then you stop in again a week later and then you start remembering everybody's names and faces and you do little <laughs> chit chats. It's the same concept. It's just virtual. Yeah. Um, yeah. So much more powerful. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can get in front of very, like, <laughs> very powerful people with social media you can, instead of like trying to devise ways of, you know, getting a meeting with somebody or like trying to like go to someone's office and convince their like secretary to let you, you know, get past the gates, that sort of thing. You can yeah. literally tweet them or like leave comments on their posts. And granted, it's not that if you do that, they're going to see it and respond. I mean, they're busy people and they probably won't see it because everyone else is doing the same thing, but right. you do it enough and they will. Yeah. Um, and so uh, it can be a really um, fast way to get in front of these people that without social media, it would be very, very difficult. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. crazy. So uh, what's something you're passionate about? Uh, besides like digital marketing? Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, well, I mean, I'm a bit of a nerd. So, I mean, if, it, if I'm not like thinking about like architecture or like marketing stuff, then it's gonna be like sci-fi or food because those okay. are my two loves. Okay, what's your favorite <laughs> sci-fi show? Um, hmm. Right now, it's a toss up. I am, um, Well, no, I'll just do it. I'll just do it. I'll just do it. The Mandalorian. I'll just say it. Like, <laughs> um, big Star Wars, Star Wars right? So yeah, <laughs> it's my kids amazing. Are that. <laughs> my kids Such are a good show. <laughs> That's so good. I mean, everything about that show is good. It's like good story. It's produced so well. They're using crazy like um like future tech basically to like shoot the show okay. it's awesome so okay. yeah I just have, that has to be my number one show and <laughs> yeah yeah 
How about food? What's your favorite food then? Mm. Well, I haven't had this in a long time because of COVID, mm-hmm. but I have to say it's pizza from a, a little pizzeria that's like the neighborhood over from me. Um, and it's, it's the mess. It's not just their pizza, it's everything on their menu. It's so good. Okay. But the pizza is like, I can sell a kidney for it. It's so good. But um, <laughs> it's just, it's so funny because it's like, it's not that pizza is my favorite food. It's just, it's pizza from this particular place. It's called Milk Flower. And it's okay. in Astoria, New York. Okay. And um, I mean, the first time I went there some years ago when I, uh, my now husband and I like discovered them and <laughs> I was sitting, I was just, I just remember sitting down taking my first bite and wondering what the heck I've been eating all of my life because I should have been eating this. <laughs> it's so good. And so anyone, I mean, like obviously COVID's changed things, but anyone that comes to visit, I'm like, oh, we need to go to Milk Flower. Yeah, yeah let's come to Milk Flower. Yeah, I have some pizza. We're going to go to Milk Flower. And, um, and actually, um, uh, my colleague, Zylea, she was in town and uh, I took her to Milk Flower. <laughs> So it's, um, that's just, that's a thing that has to happen if you come to New York and I'm here and I I meet with you because that's, yeah, I need to share the joy that is experiencing their food, whether it's the pizza or the pasta or the appetizers or the desserts. It's great. Um, Yeah. Are they open now? They are um, for outdoor dining. um, But I mean it's getting cold so I'm not quite sure how this is gonna work so I mean like it's been a while like I did go um during COVID for outdoor dining but it's a little too cold I mean I love them but I'm like I'd rather just take it to go okay okay (laughs) we'll do that then yeah yeah okay I feel like somebody needs to invent like um like a portable tent like for outdoor dining that you just like throw up around your party of two or whatever <laughs> I would totally get that I would buy that and anywhere that's open it's like all right yes let's right? go to dinner and bring our tent sense. <laughs> yes. yeah I have to say like I yeah I have never it's kind of it's kind of like when I went to Italy for the first time um, as an exchange student. Well, it wasn't an exchange student. It was it was just our program. This was when I was in architecture school. Our program, part of our curriculum, we spend a semester in Rome. Okay. And um, so I was doing my semester in Rome, and I went uh, grocery shopping at the market that was near where I was staying. Okay. And everything's like super fresh. And I bought, you know, all these yummy little things. Took it back to my place, uh, was putting things away. I had gotten a bunch of tomatoes. I was like, oh, I'm going to have a tomato now. And I'll just eat a tomato, like, mm-hmm. you know, because it's super tasty. Uh-huh. Yeah. Took my first bite and was in shock because it was like, I, I don't think I've ever actually tasted a tomato until this moment. Like, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good enough. So they grow, so it's like maybe a little sweeter. It's 
it's like it was just more flavor like it okay. was really intense like an heirloom tomato but this was not an heirloom tomato it's just a normal red tomato wasn't expecting much I mean I expect it to taste good but I wasn't expecting it to be quite so flavorful okay yes what it was, it was. <laughs> like the pizza that you like <laughs> yeah oh yeah it's like it's just simply simple things and it's like why <laughs> these very simple foods when done really well is so much better than the fanciest things yeah. and I mean like when I when I went to Japan um so was it not this past uh, it was in 2019 and uh March of 2019 I went to Japan with my husband it was like we did a delayed honeymoon okay and so we waited um a few months to um to go somewhere so we went to Japan it was his first time my second time and um <laughs> uh we were going like we stayed in Tokyo we went to a few other places and one of those other places was a city called Takamatsu and it's a, a smaller city not a lot of foreign tourists go there um there is a, a interesting art scene so when they have a triennial art festival that's when they tend to get more international tourists but it's still you don't really go there unless you are Japanese and you're you know I don't know going on holiday or something okay but um so we're there and we're actually it was like the last our last day there we were at the airport waiting to go back to Tokyo and um they have a tiny little airport and we're like oh we're hungry you know let's go get some food there wasn't that many options. It was like convenience store stuff. And then like they had ramen and udon. Okay. And we're like, oh, it's not going to be very good. It's an airport. <laughs> so we get the ramen anyway. We we're like, well, whatever, you know, start eating it. And we're both like, oh my God, are you serious? And an airport was so good. It's <laughs> about ramen, like that it can be really good, like better than the 10 cent pack that you buy at the grocery store. Oh, yeah like that was amazing we we're like we went back for seconds we we're just like um can we get more and they were like mm, yeah sure here <laughs> it's like this is amazing <laughs> so it's like yeah like really simple food and that was like a really like a small airport like was not expecting it but it was amazing yeah. granted we also had ramen from a vending machine in japan and tokyo and that was good too oh my gosh <laughs> even from a vending machine <laughs> crazy uh, I think it's just a Japan thing though it's like yeah crazy things are are amazing there and like things you would never expect so so maybe don't get uh ramen from the Des Moines Iowa airport <laughs> vending machine maybe not <laughs> and maybe not. The same. <laughs> okay <laughs> um okay so what's a risk that you've had to take to get where you are now Ooh, I mean the biggest risk honestly was deciding to leave architecture like, and that was really scary because it was like, oh, lifelong dream to be an architect. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> so um, even though, yeah, like I said, I had been doing um, some of this on the side anyway as a hobby, I never thought of it as a potential career. It was just something else to do um, and something that I enjoyed doing. Um, so yeah, like, <laughs> I think to date, it was probably the biggest risk because that was not in my life plan. Like my life plan was architecture. <laughs> and part of and, your identity probably, right? Oh yeah, big time. Big time. 
Yeah. So that was that was a, a, a really scary decision that I made. And there were many times early on where I was kind of like, oh, I think I'm just going to go back to architecture and go back to architecture. And I had opportunities too. I just didn't take them. Um, but I mean, it worked out and, it, and I feel like it worked out for the best because I really do love what I'm doing. And I feel like, you know, at least the way I approach my work is that my success is my client's success mm-hmm. and my client's success is society's success because <laughs> like the building industry has like the biggest impact on our lives like that's our environment like literally the built environment so if you want things you know created better then you need professionals you know, doing that. And my, my role is to try and facilitate as much as that's possible so yeah. that, you know, um, we have good built around us and not crap. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I feel like, like, just like being a client of yours, I feel like you do a really good job of teaching people how to implement things themselves too. So like, it's this like great balance of like being the expert and helping, but also being patient enough to teach your clients how to do some of the stuff themselves so that they can be a little more empowered and able to like do some of the things too and understand why it's important to do all of the things. Oh, good. I'm glad <laughs> to hear that. I mean, that's something I strive for. Like I want, I don't, I never want, I never want a situation with a client to be, okay, I don't know what to do. Let me call hope um, because, you know, I don't want to do the wrong thing accidentally. I want you to be able to relate because it's yours. I'm, I'm implementing things for you and facilitating things for you. But these are all properties, these social media platforms and, and websites and things. These are all things that you own. They're your babies. I'm helping you with managing them and using them to, you know, your best advantage. But you should feel as the owner of these things that, you know, you can go and and do whatever needs to be done, whether it's making updates or posting something or trying something and not feel lost. (laughs) (laughs) I I would say it's more of an empowerment feeling of like, oh, I can, I, I can make a little post. Like, it's okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, a little one. Yeah. Baby steps, baby steps. <laughs> uh, so who's somebody that inspires you? Ooh. Hmm. Um, one person. <sighs> Doesn't have to be just one. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, okay a couple, like, maybe, like, the top three, um, uh, well, okay, it might, it might sound a bit, like, cliche, but honestly, like, my mom, (laughs) because she's awesome, she's super mom, and, um, she has always been in my corner, and, like, you know, when I'm, like, I'm gonna be an architect for a coach, she's, like, okay, and I'm like, I want to learn mobile architects. Well, here's the book. Let's go to the library. Like, be like, she helped facilitate all of that, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and when I decided to to pivot into marketing for architects, and I was kind of like, what am I doing? And 
again, she was right there. It's like, well, you know, let's talk it out. And, and I remember asking her, but don't you feel like I'm, I've just wasted like all of that time and money, like studying architecture, like you should be talking me out of this. And she's just like, no, no, no. And so it's been amazing having her be such a good support, but also, I mean, that's just who she is. And so it's like, oh, I shouldn't tell her this, but I kind of aspire to be her <laughs> too. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag I'm gonna hashtag that one hope <laughs> yeah it'll 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 get to her no but it's it's fine um I can I'll I'll share this with her um but yeah and then um honestly um people that I've worked with people like when I when I was working in an architecture firm um that was even though I'm no longer practicing architecture, it was such a pivotal experience. And it wasn't just one person in the firm, it was the firm as a whole um, and the company culture. It was really um, motivating and inspiring. And I still kind of look back to that. I mean, like, it's weird because I don't, I'm not in a company, I'm not an architecture firm, but that's still get this indelible you know, impression on me and how I look to the future and how I make decisions on certain things I do for my own company or things I'd like to see with CBG. And so that still has a, that's something that still kind of inspires me to this day. And the fact that they gave me real opportunities, like I have built work in Detroit, yeah. like stuff I've built, well, Drawing implemented. I drew them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I drew them. <laughs> I built two models, but um, but still, like to have that at such a young age, like that was not a lot of my peers that are still architects. They did not have that level of experience at that age. So that's like that's amazing, um, and I would say like maybe in general, like the architects of color that I've met in my life, um, one of which <laughs> it was in the firm I worked for, but um, in general, like the ones I've met throughout my life or read about if I never got to actually meet them um, mm -hmm. because it was a way to see me. Because mm -hmm. I mean, like, I mean, like, yeah, like I was a small kid, my uncle told me, you know, like explained what an architect was, right? Um, but as a student in architecture school and even before architecture school, there wasn't a lot of representation. Like I could search for it and find it. Mm -hmm. But if people were talking about great architects or their favorite architects, they they were the same like three <laughs> but, but um so it being able to not only learn the histories of who came before but actually meet like working architects and see what it's like and to know that I mean it's it's a slow change but it's slowly we're getting more and more young um black children interested in architecture 
and becoming architects. And while I didn't become a licensed architect, a lot of my friends that I went to school with are. And it's great to see that because they literally by becoming licensed are making a huge impact on the industry. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's crazy to be like, oh, this is my friend. And, you know, they're like president of such and such and they're licensed, they're like number 103. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's crazy. Like um, just how, how it makes that, I guess like, it makes it more, the feeling more immediate. Like you're really creating and building upon a legacy that hopefully will just, you know, will just snowball in the future with more and more younger people coming up and right. wanting to go into the industry. Um, but I can't single out a single person because I feel bad because there's so many others that <laughs> inspire me in other ways. Um, but yeah, I think, I think I'll leave it there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that. And like, we talked a little bit before the interview and like in my other interview with Demetrius, um, we were talking about how there's 2% of licensed architects in the U.S. are Mm African-American and 0.3% of licensed architects in the U.S. are female African-American. So Mm -hmm. like, but I feel like there's some ground being made. There's a stake in the ground. And like you said, snowballing. Well, Hope, thanks so much for being on today. I think you are blazing trails and a great example to other people that are coming up as well, not only in the architectural world, but also in the technology space, because I think, you know, like you're blazing new trails there too, just from a technology and a social media aspect too. So the fact that you have both of those trailblazing sides, I think, um, (laughs) You're doing great things. And I so appreciate everything that you do for me. And you are super humble and super helpful and super skilled and accomplished. And I appreciate everything that you do. And thanks for being on the show today as well. Well, thank you so much for having me. This has been a really fun time.